Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit OldRaleighDistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. You know, there's a mental health crisis. We've got affordable housing problems. We've seen our homeless numbers grow dramatically since COVID downtown. Our shelters are maxed out. So there is a need. We know that. And it's a complicated problem that can't be Mm -hmm. solved by just one thing. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. Sad but true, the last couple of months have been challenging dealing with crime downtown from Glenwood South to the business district around Fayetteville Street and Blunt. Raleigh police have ramped up patrols, surveillance and arrests in an effort to squash crime, but stakeholders are looking for more solutions. Associate editor Lauren Crichton has been covering this story from really the start and joins me today to talk about the latest. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. This is an important story and for the city. And, and I like to say, it doesn't just impact the people who live and work downtown. There are some short-term and some really long-term ramifications of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the downtown core is really the main tourist attraction. And if people don't want to go there, that really affects the economy. It does. And and it sounds kind of shallow to say this, but, you know, we're the, we're, we always rank in the number three, the number one, the number five place to live. Mm-hmm. And this kind of thing can topple it pretty quickly. And you may say, good, I don't want more people moving here. Well, that means jobs. That means development. Mm-hmm. That means all the things that make it, you know, helping Raleigh grow. Yeah. People um, are always so quick to say, well, just don't move here. But yeah. I don't think they realize how big of a problem that is. It, it absolutely is. And so we started covering that. We really kind of kicked all this off, unfortunately, back in our summer issue when we talked about um, the young man that worked at Midwood Smokehouse. Mm-hmm. That was sort of a catalyst. I think that that was almost a wake-up call. Not that the city didn't yeah. know they had issues, but having this young man beaten so badly that he died on the street or died days later really was a wake-up call. Yeah, it really was. I think— that unfortunately brought a lot of attention to what all was going on downtown. And I mean, after that, I think you heard a lot more about the crimes that maybe were happening. Um, But yeah, they just started to get a lot more attention after that. And we got a little bit of a backlash. We did this story and we got a little pushback in the days immediately after it because people are like, oh, you're picking Mm -hmm. on Glenwood South. It's not that bad. You know, it's... and. 
And we knew all the while because our intern worked at Midwood mm-hmm. about that tragic situation. And it, and when he passed away, unfortunately, that was that really kickstarted people going, wait a minute, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And the city has ramped up. But what I learned really quickly talking to lots of stakeholders and business owners was that it wasn't just happening on Glenwood South. Mm-hmm. There were some serious problems along Fayetteville Street, Wilmington, Blunt, Davie, in that corridor around um, the Go Triangle bus transit station. Yeah, I I think the Go Transit station has been an issue for a while. It has, and 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 we know this is complicated, folks. This is this is really many issues related. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a mental health crisis. We've got affordable housing problems. We've seen our homeless numbers grow dramatically since COVID downtown. Our shelters are maxed out. In fact, I was talking to someone about Healing Transitions, which is over the um, Dix Park. They are equipped to handle 70 clients. And right now they're taking day passes so they can accommodate 140. That's how much the need oh, is. Um, crazy. So there is a need. We know that. And it's a complicated problem that can't be mm-hmm. solved by just one thing. But the crime part of it, the city's really ramped up. So over on Glenwood South, the police department, you know, came in on Fridays and Saturdays, barricaded the street, made it hard. You have to zigzag to sort of get around that area, mm-hmm. keeping people out. But they've made significant arrests, and a lot of it has to do with people coming in from outside the area bringing weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that one of the things that's being touted as a solution by the police department since we've done our stories is this camera system. Yes, so they're enacting the FUSIS camera system, mm-hmm. which is a cloud-based network. Uh, I think they're, they said it's going to take about 60 to 90 days for it to go into effect, but— it's really cool. I sat in on a demonstration last week, and basically any any business can in downtown can be a part of um, this cloud network, and you can either have a camera already or buy cameras from them. Um, but essentially, you get hooked up to this feed where you you have like a like a portal that you can log into, and there's. There's a chat where you can chat to like literally any business who is a part of this network. And I think the RPD is on it too, but I'm not sure if you could chat directly to them. Um, you can, so your, if your cameras are operating all the time, you can like pause the video, play it back. You can take a screenshot of something. So I think one of the examples they gave is like if someone comes into your business and they, are causing a disturbance or something, you can take a screenshot of them on your camera and like send it out into this network and be like, hey, watch out for their, this person. Like they might come into your business too. Mm-hmm. Or like, hey, RPD, like you need to get on this. And that way the police is aware of the situation and they can recognize this person and see where they're going if right. the, enough cameras are connected to track him down before they're even in the area. Well, and- and I, I watch a little too much crime TV, I think, sometimes. But <laughs> I asked the police chief at the community meeting about it. And I said, so if a crime is committed, it's one of those things like you see on on TV shows where they can 
look from camera stream together the cameras yes. and can see, oh, this person ran in this direction. Oh, they passed this, you know. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of uh, cameras already in place on city and government buildings and all that. Mm-hmm. But this, she said it will give us a real-time crime center. So they'll mm-hmm. be able to watch things and, and you know, maybe handle issues before they turn into crimes yeah, and then be exactly. able to react more quickly when something is happening. Yeah, I I think the one of the men from Fusis who was giving the demonstration said that you you can transfer info in like 15 seconds whereas trying to get videos from all those other businesses without this system would take days. Right. Well, and I think it I mean, obviously, there are businesses that might choose not to participate. But if mm-hmm. you're having, if you're experiencing problems with crime downtown, this gives you a way to be part of the solution. Oh yeah. I mean, I I know it's not, it's not astronomically expensive, but it's not cheap, right? It's so it's four hundred dollars for four cameras, I believe, and then there's an extra like hundred dollar fee to get connected to the that's not feed cloud, but it's a one time thing, so right. it's not like monthly and. I mean, all things considered, like if it's going to help with crime and safety for the entire community, I don't think it's that expensive. Well, it also helps you protect your employees. Yeah, that too. And also I think like security, I think is a huge like what if, but you don't have to have the camera on all the time. Right. You can only turn it on if you know something's going down in your area. Yeah, I think it would make sense to leave it on all. I mean, to me, it would be like, wait, if you're closed and let's say it's overnight and your business is closed, at least they have, they may need your video. Right. I mean, I think I probably would, but I guess there's the cost of operating it all the time. Sure. I don't know. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers and 8 rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, catch the big game on multiple TVs, or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. And they're also doing the same, a similar system um, that's going on Glenwood Avenue, Mm -hmm. on Glenwood South. So I think that, and I'm sure bars have mixed feelings about that. Mm -hmm. But I think if it helps deter and make, 
people who maybe are avoiding that area because they don't feel safe if they'll come back, then that's good for business. Yeah, I think overall it's it's supposed to increase safety. So, yeah. and I think it will. Well, and just just since we did our stories in July until now, they've bought the um, UTVs, utility vehicles. Utility vehicles. And I don't know about uh-huh. you guys, but I see them all over downtown. Yeah, they're just making laps. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, and, and it they can get up on curbs into the park. Um, they've mm-hmm. also bought um, small motorbikes that allow officers to get mm-hmm. into parking decks when things yeah. are happening. They've got them on mountain bikes. Yeah. Um, the mounted units yeah. have been downtown as well. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying to increase the number of officers who are downtown, if they have enough officers elsewhere. Right. Which is, I mean, so the police chief said in the meeting, she goes, "I'm taking some grief because I'm moving officers from other places." Mm-hmm. So on a normal, what we're supposed to have is 800 officers, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And she said we're down about 80. So that means yeah. we're at 720. But you know, it's fascinating when she said. A city our size should have 1,100 officers. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I got to get to 800 before I can even start working toward 1,100. Yeah. That's tough because, I mean, it's a big city in the sense of wanting to protect everyone Mm -hmm. and feel like you've got it covered. Yeah, I think there just needs to be more benefits of being in that role. Sure. um, To get more people inclined to, you know, join the force. We need to pay better. (laughs) Yeah. But a couple of other things that came out in your story that were being batted around, and and some of these are being batted around by council, some are stakeholders. Our bus fare has been free since Mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. And council had voted to extend that until the end of June, this fiscal year. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people believe that that's bringing people into the area that maybe shouldn't be. Yeah, I think the whole free fare idea was great when— it started during the pandemic. It made sense then. But since then, a lot of people are taking advantage of it and they're making it unsafe for everyone else. Um, there are obviously people who really benefit from that. And financially, the free bus fare is great for them. But it's those core group of people that are ruining it for everyone else that I think might make it, it might be a good idea to just do reduced fare instead of free. And I think a lot of business owners and stakeholders agree with that. Well, I asked the mayor um, this week, I just said, you know, I know it's extended through June, but given the situation, do you think you would consider bringing it back before council? Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm not sure, but you talked to... Jane Harrison, uh, who represents the district kind of in Glenwood South area, said that they were hoping to bring it up in a meeting this month. So hopefully it'll be discussed. Well, and I thought it I thought it was pretty interesting. David Meeker of Trophy Brewing, um, Young Hearts, Carpenter Development, who mm-hmm. has his hands in lots of things, has been a huge proponent of mm-hmm. keeping the bus fare free. Yeah. But even he Yeah, even he he was like, It pains me to say this, but like I, I don't think it's safe anymore because of the situation in the bus station and fare free could help solve that. Yeah, the police chief said, was talking about, because there's a dramatic difference. I don't mm-hmm. know how much you've been around the bus station, but I've oh, been yeah, up and down Wilmington. There's been a dramatic change since they sort of did this crackdown. Mm-hmm. And she said, unless you're getting on a bus or getting off a bus, you're not going to be in the bus station. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this, but she said she found that 
many of the many of the people that were just hanging around, there's free Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting too. And so she's gonna. They're trying to implement much the same way when you check into a hotel. You have to register. You have to have an email address. Mm-hmm. You have to put your name in and all that. Yeah. She thinks that might deter some of the people who are just hanging around using the free Wi-Fi. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's worth trying. I mean, for sure. again, it's. There's not going to be one fix that solves oh, yeah. the whole problem. Mm-hmm. So if all of these things work together, mm-hmm. and I know you and I talked about one of the the other things, these are all short-term, meaning things you can do immediately to have impact. One of the things that you wrote about is this long-term development plan for changing some of the property around more square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they are, the city is working with a developer to put in, this new development that'll have a hotel, affordable housing, some retail. Um, and then part of that, the Raleigh Rescue Mission is going to be a part of that in, in, in some way. Yeah, I think it's um, the long-term solution is to assist with you know, the disarray, loading properties, mm-hmm. um, is looking at city-owned land um, to the south and east of Moore Square. The project will include two new hotels, an apartment building with 160 units designated as affordable housing, mm-hmm. with possibly a grocery store, art studio, co-working space, as well as the rebuilding of the homeless shelter rescue mission near Moore Square. So, I mean, I think they they recognize that the bus station's integral to people getting around. Mm-hmm. And so having the affordable housing and some of the mental health issues that they need and help services right there in that area makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't just move people far away and they need the transportation, they need the mental health, so we've got to deal right. with it. Yeah, I mean, especially with the bus station being there, I think it makes sense to put something down there that right. could assist them. Well. Wow. And, and Loden is, you know, locally owned, so they've got mm-hmm. a vested interest in the community. Those are the people that own um, Longleaf Hotel. So, right. mm-hmm. you know, it's the really committed to downtown. Yeah. It's not an easy situation. Um, no. And, and I don't, you know, people say to me, why do you tell those stories? Because, you know, you're all you're doing is scaring people and they won't come down. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's not my job. I, there's Somebody else does the PR. We have to tell the truth about what's happening. We don't want the businesses hurt, and I and I I'm downtown a lot. So are you? Yeah. And I I don't feel unsafe, but I also don't make. I mean, I I try to make good decisions about where I walk mm-hmm. and walking alone. But that's just common sense about wherever you live. Yeah, and I mean, I I get what they're saying. The businesses about you know telling these stories are going to scare people away, but I think it's something that needs to be brought to attention. And that, that, that's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to scare people away. No. I think we also want to bring it to light so that shine a light on it so that there's more conversation about yeah. it so that maybe it sparks more debate over how to solve this mm-hmm. and it makes city council or police you know, pay more of attention. Yeah, or there's other solutions that, you know, they haven't thought of yet. Yeah. I think, you know, you've done a great job staying on top of this and I think it's important, you know, it's, the city downtown is the core of our city. You know, mm-hmm. think about all the stories we've done about development on Fayetteville Street and how important and how excited we are. You know, we're sitting right now at 150 Fayetteville Street and super excited about mm-hmm. LM's restaurant opening. There's so many cool things happening. We can get this under control. Yeah, I think so. I have hope. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. 
This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.